Welcome to the Playbook for Amazon podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lieber, and the goal of this podcast is to share what's working today that's helping my company, Turnkey Product Management, sell over eight figures per year on Amazon for our clients. We will share with you the actionable steps, systems, and playbook that you can plug into your business to boost your sales on Amazon. Let's go. In today's episode, we cover some of the most burning questions that we hear all the time from people that are selling on Amazon. And so uh, at Turnkey, we have what's called Roundtable Group Coaching. And that's like a forum where people can have group coaching Q&A. And so what we did was we, we compiled the most common questions that we get from Amazon sellers, people that are selling on Amazon, companies on Amazon. and. We're going to address those uh, pain points and questions today and, and answer them as quickly as possible. I think a lot of these questions will pertain to you, so I hope that you get a lot out of it. All right, so part of the turnkey roundtable group coaching is a group Q&A portion. And so here is the number one uh, question that we've been getting, and then we'll cover a handful of others as well. So number one, how do I pick new products to sell on Amazon? Okay, so this is um, a really, really critical question to think about. So it depends if I'm going to assume that you already have um, a product that you can sell, that you're already selling, right? And so you're, maybe you're talking about what should be my next product to sell, okay? So for your next product to sell, I want you to think from the point of, well, who is your current ideal customer that's already buying from you, right? Hopefully you have one or two best sellers already. And I want you to think, what is that customer, um, you know, what, what pain points are you solving for them? Why did they buy from you? And then what other pain points do they have? And so um, it's kind of just as simple as thinking, you know, thinking about what else would they want to purchase and what would fit under your brand. So ideally, you keep it under the same brand and you build out a portfolio of SKUs that serves ideally the same target customer. Um, so that, that's going to be my best advice. And so... One place to do this is simply go onto Amazon, onto your current product pages, and you'll see lots of related products where it says customers frequently buy this product with this. So if you sell, you know, a charcoal toothbrush, it might say frequently bought with Crest toothpaste or charcoal toothpaste. So maybe you want to get into the toothpaste space, right? So that's like a really simple place to start. Um, another great place to start is simply to actually have a conversation with your customers and ask them. So you can actually you know, if you have their emails, if you have an email list, uh, send, send them a little survey and, and ask them, you know, what other products they'd like to see, what, what other pain points are they having? And then another thing is just to go look at your competitors and see, you know, competitors that sell the same product as you, what other products do they have in their product line? That might give you some ideas, right? And then I want to back it up a step for the question for the people that maybe are just trying to choose their first ever product to sell and they are trying to decide which product should I start with. So if you're starting from scratch and you don't have a brand and you don't have any customers yet, this is like a really much larger question, but I'll try to just quickly give my two cents, which would be don't just pick a product to sell just simply because you see dollar signs attached to it. Okay. When I launched my, my first ever product that I, I uh, kind of embarrassingly, it's, it's a, uh, you know, not the most fun thing for me to share, but I chose puppy training pee pads as my first ever product. Okay. Now that product is like, 
something that, you know, I'm, I'm still like, you know, self-conscious to even share that with people. Um, cause it's just not the coolest product, right? It's not super sexy. It's not something I'm into. I don't even have a dog. And so it's, it's kind of crazy that I picked that, but I, I picked that just because I saw, you know, the profit margin was there and it met these criteria. And so I went with it, but then three years later, I'm still in the dog space and, you know, luckily I was able to turn it into, um, you know, a profitable, successful company that I was able to sell. But the reason I sold it is because I didn't enjoy it. I didn't love that niche. And so to be honest, I would really try to recommend that you choose a brand that you're going to enjoy spending lots of your time over the next few years uh, at a minimum, like really think long-term about that. Like, you know, don't just launch, you know, I also like got into the baby product niche. I don't have a baby and I don't know how to connect to, you know, to a lot of the customers. It was largely like female mom audience and I, I did nothing you know, no connections with them. And so it made it tough. And so, you know, I would say, you know, if you're super into the fitness space, maybe get into fitness accessories, right? If you're super into uh, the health space, maybe get into the supplement space or get into, um, you know, the food space, right? Pick something that you are interested in and passionate about, and then you can build a brand around that, right? And because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to really need to dive into these communities. You're going to have to help become part of you know, these communities. You might be going to CrossFit events or sporting goods events, you know, uh, around the country eventually. or going to trade shows and spending your, you know, your valuable time. And so I would really, really recommend that you choose something that you're going to enjoy um, and are actually passionate about and can connect with those customers. Those would be kind of my, my two cents. And then one other thing that comes to mind is when you choose your first product, I want you to also have in mind what are the second, third, fourth, and maybe even fifth products that you may want to launch eventually. That doesn't mean that you need to launch all five from day one. But what I would recommend is that you, you make sure you're getting into a market where you know that you have the possibility to come out with complementary products that you can sell to the same customer, something you can build a brand and a product line around. Because if you are just selling some random one-off product, you know, it's going to be really hard to build that into a really large brand and business. So those would be my uh, pieces of advice on that question. Number two is, uh, we hear this quite a bit actually as well, is I'm worried about cannibalizing sales on my own website, you know, on my Shopify website by selling on Amazon. How can I run uh, both channels so that they complement each other and don't compete or cannibalize one another? So yeah, so we, we get this a lot. And I think it's, you know, largely an irrational fear that, uh, that you know, people seem to have. Um, at the end of the day, the way I view it is that Amazon is just one great uh, purchasing channel, right? That's the most convenient channel. That's the most, the largest one. That's the most convenient for people. Um, and then your website is just another place that you can, uh, you know, send people to and have people purchase. And so when you look at those together, at the end of the day, you want all the total sales that you can get, Right. And so the way I view it is you want the whole pie to be growing bigger. So if you are only selling on Shopify uh, on your website, you know, that, that's awesome. That's a great start. But there's a whole other pool of buyers over here on Amazon that are searching for products like yours, right? So say you sell a yoga mat, 
yes, you might be selling a million dollars a year of yoga mats on your Shopify site by doing Facebook traffic and Google ads and all that good stuff and social media. That's awesome. But there's literally, you know, tens of millions of dollars, if not more of yoga mats being sold on Amazon. There's people that go to Amazon and they're going to search for yoga mat. You know, a bunch of people do that today alone and they will go buy yoga mats. And if you're not showing up in the search results there because you've chosen, I don't want to sell on Amazon because it's just going to cannibalize my sales over here. Well, you're letting your competition enjoy all of the space that Amazon provides. You know, the, the millions, the hundreds of millions of buyers that Amazon provides uh, you're going to miss out on that whole pool of traffic. And so if someone that goes and searches for yoga mat on Amazon right now, they probably have not heard of you, to be honest, right? It's, it's, it's pretty unlikely that they would have heard of you or your brand. And so they're going to, you know, choose there. But if you show up there on page one or, you know, are able to show up in the search results and they look at your brand and decide to purchase, you know, your brand over your competitors products, then that's a sale that you wouldn't have had if you only sold on your website, right? So I would say like there's totally two different pools of buyers, right? And then also, yes, there there will certainly be some buyers that maybe they find you on Facebook or Instagram or social media, wherever. You direct them to your website, but then they want to go check and make sure that there's good reviews on Amazon before purchasing. And so, yes, some a small percent of buyers will go over to Amazon to make sure you have good reviews and then they might come back to buy on your website. You can offer them a bigger coupon or, you know, uh, retarget them with ads and do lots of cool stuff on your website to try to close that sale. But at the end of the day, if they go purchase on Amazon, you know, because that's where they, that's where they prefer to buy, then you still got that sale. Yeah. It might be, you might have lost a few percentage points, right. From the Amazon, you know, fees that you have to pay. But that's just the cost of doing business on Amazon. There are a number of a lot of people um, in, in the world, in the United States, that will not ever put their credit card on anyone's Shopify site because they don't feel comfortable. There are people that will exclusively only shop on Amazon. If they can't get it on Amazon, no matter how awesome they like your product on your Facebook ad, if you're not on Amazon, they will buy your competitor all day long. They will not buy your product because they don't feel comfortable putting their credit card on all these different websites. They prefer to just go with Amazon. And so, you know, you're missing out on those buyers as well. So some, some of our clients as well, what they'll do is they'll, they'll only list some products on Amazon, not all of them. Right. And so their website might have all their products and only some products are on Amazon. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do it so that the sales channels are complementary. But at the end of the day, if you're getting a lot of sales here and a lot of sales here, and they add up together to your whole business, right? And then additionally, one last thing I can think of is that if you ever wanna sell your business, if you are a one channel business where you're only selling on one channel, your business valuation is gonna be lower than if you had been on two or more channels, right? So if you're an Amazon only business and you're trying to sell your business a year from now, you're gonna get a lower valuation than if you were selling on Shopify and Amazon. But the same thing works vice versa. If you're only on Shopify and that's your sole sales channel and you're responsible for driving traffic to that sales channel, but you don't, you don't have any sales on Amazon, no sales in retail, nothing like that. Well, you're still a, a pretty risky looking business on the Shopify side as well. So most buyers would prefer that you are on Amazon and on Shopify. So those are a couple of things to consider 
Um, and hopefully that will encourage you just to go get your feet wet with Amazon if you've you know, been sitting on the sidelines. Okay, number three, there are a lot of competitors in my niche than compared to when I first started. How can I compete against big name brands and not get lost in the sea of competition? So yeah, I mean, this is the nature of Amazon. It is typically in, all, in most niches, it's getting more and more competitive every single year, right? Because the you know people are learning more about the opportunities about selling on Amazon. Um, so how can you compete with the big brands? So one thing that comes to mind is you need to kind of think long-term and, and think big, right? You know, you need to think, well, how, how are those big brands out competing me, right? So maybe they they might have like 12 SKUs, 12 different products serving the same customer, and you may only have one, right? So you, you have to make all your margin just on that one product, and hopefully that you, you know, make 10 or 20 or 30% profit margin at the end of the day on that sale. But if you have nothing else to sell them after that, well, that's why, you know, bigger brands or even smaller brands will end up crushing you in the long run. So one, one thing to do is to kind of act like them in certain ways by coming out with additional products so that you can you know, increase that lifetime value of the customer. So another thing that comes to mind as far as how to compete with the, the bigger brands is is really dig into their um, products. Like I would buy their, buy their product and, and really look at it side by side compared to yours and truly look at, well, why is your product and brand better than theirs? Hopefully you found a way to differentiate between their brand, right? Maybe yours is organic. Maybe yours is uh, environment friendly. Maybe yours is longer lasting, right? So at the end of the day, you know, people I believe um, we're seeing this trend more and more that people are not as tied to big brands, I believe. And so they are willing to buy, you know, these random brands that just popped up a year ago on Amazon, because if you can have really good customer reviews, that's one way to uh, differentiate. So if your product is more unique and is, is truly better, then make sure that you highlight that on your uh, product listing pages. But then also, you, you know, a lot of those big brands, they, they move very slowly on Amazon. They don't put a lot of focus on Amazon typically. And so they don't have like customer review generation strategies uh, like we, we preach here at Turnkey um, dialed in for their products. And so sometimes these big brands may only have like 50 or 100 reviews and they may not even be that good. And so if you can, you know, outwork them, right, and, and work more quickly than them and adapt more quickly when Amazon makes a change or play to Amazon's rules by trying to, to get more reviews um, than, than your you know, bigger brands on Amazon, then I really think that you know, at the end of the day, if, if you have a great offering at a great price and you have more reviews than the big brand that they may have heard of from retail stores, they will, a lot of customers will buy your product. And so um, it's just doing those things, doing those fundamentals the right way, um, I think is a really great way to, to compete. At the end of the day, there's not just one winner and a bunch of losers on Amazon. Um, you know, there are dozens of winners that people are, are making tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars per month um, in, in every niche, in every product almost. So uh, you don't have to be the number one person in order to be really, really well. Okay, last question is, I am barely breaking even or, you know, my, my profits are low. Um, between inventory costs, cost of goods sold, Amazon fees, ad spend. So how can I afford to hire an expert or hire an agency or hire anybody to help me grow 
when my cash flow is limited? So this question, it really comes down to your exact scenario. So that's why it's easiest to like, when we talk with companies, we'll really dive into your, you know, your situation and your numbers and your growth and, um, you know, where you're at, where your margins are at and where you really need to, you know, plug the holes to become profitable and a sustainable business. But just at a high level, some of the common things that I would look for is one, make sure that your margins are good. So make sure you, you know, you have somewhere like in a Microsoft Excel or Google, Google sheet, um, Excel spreadsheet, make sure that you do do a profit margin analysis for each product. Like what's your price point that you're selling for? What are all the fees? What's the cost of goods? Make sure that your profit margins are there. So you need to know your numbers first, right? Um, and sometimes, you know, we have a lot of companies that, that contact us and they don't, they don't know those numbers. And so we, we can help them to look at those numbers and see, you know, what makes sense for them. And then two, if you're not quite at that level where you're say ready to, you know, hire like a full-time agency like Turnkey to do it for you or, you know, any other agencies out there, or hire some, some, you know, big high paid Amazon marketing manager, um, you know, off LinkedIn or something like that. That can be a really expensive investment and you may not be at that point yet. And so if you're not there, then I would say you got to get, um, you know, creative and, and scrappy. So like one thing that comes to mind that turnkey can do is, you know, our coaching program that what's, what's really nice about our coaching is that like you only pay to get the knowledge until you have the knowledge. Once you have it, then, you know, you don't have to do the coaching anymore because you learned what you needed to learn you know the strategies that will grow you to the next level, but now you don't have to pay us you know, every single month to be managing it because you can manage it in-house with the knowledge that we were able to give you. So I think like hiring a coach or an expert, if you're in that situation, yes, it's an investment to make for you know, a couple of months or so, um, but you got to think long-term, like what can that do to change my business if I can you know, learn you know, what is wrong with my business and what do I need to do to get to that next profitable level? And then once you do that, then boom, you know, three months from now, four months from now, you're going to be looking back like, wow, that was a great decision. Now we're profitable. Now you can start looking at, you know, other things to do. Maybe now you're ready to hire your first employee, or maybe you're now ready to, you know, hire someone for full service, something like that. Um, or maybe you need another coaching session to, you know, get your butt back in gear and, you know, help you stay up to date on what the latest changes were. So those are just a couple things that come to mind. It really depends on your situation. So yeah, I mean, if you guys are in that boat or any, any boat where you're just not sure if it makes sense, like I just recommend that you just, you know, contact the company that you're interested in. So if you're interested in turnkey product management, just head over to our website and then just fill out the apply page. And then we'll, you know, ask questions about you and your business to find out where you need help. Um, what the pain points are. And then if we can help you, we'll let you know how we can help you. Um, and if we can't help you, we'll still try to give you a tip or a resource or some direction to take because uh, the answer is not always turnkey all the time, right? Sometimes you need help in another area that we're, we don't even do. Uh, but that's what we like to try to do for companies because we talk with so many. We know how to you know, quickly diagnose that. So anyways, hopefully that's helpful, guys. Um, you know, I think I talked about a lot of different topics today and you know, that's sort of a sneak preview as well of like what Turnkey's roundtable group coaching looks like, where we'll cover different topics like that, but really do like a deeper dive in it um, each month. And uh, we'll cover like what's new on Amazon and all that good stuff. So, um, so yeah, so that's been really, really fun and, and uh, to connect with those other roundtable members. And 
know, I'm glad we got to cover some of these questions today. So thank you for listening. All right, so hopefully one of those burning questions that we just covered was one that you've been looking for an answer to for a while, and I hope that that was really helpful. And if you do have any burning questions like that that you, you know, want to cover about your business or changes on Amazon and you'd like to try out our roundtable group coaching program, we want to invite you to, uh, you know, as a thank you for listening, that if you just reach out to hello at turnkeyproductmanagement.com, tell them that you listened to this episode. And what we'll do is, is if you request for a free month of roundtable, we'll give you one free month. Uh, just to try it out for new members. And uh, you know, we just want to get more people to tr try that out and help as many people and talk to as many people as we can. So hope that that would be helpful for you guys. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this episode was really fun and I hope you can take away something to implement in your business. So thanks again. Mm -hmm.